I would rather just know. Like, I would rather want to know why not. And if the reason is, look, I'm not into you today, I'm thinking about maybe our relationship is almost over because of, like, four other things that happened during the week. Look, <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know what? Yeah, that definitely, <laughs> okay, that happens. Never. Who's saying that? Do I people comment you're not saying that? You don't, you do that? But you don't, you be doing that? Yeah. Interesting. I like if That's I'm not you like it. It's anonymous, right? I'm curious. If someone were to ask you in this moment, you know, what is your intention? If you were sitting down, about to grab some coffee or whatever it may be, what'd you say? My intention is to find the lesson in this interaction because everything has a reason behind it. We don't yeah. do things for no reason. Yeah. One more question. I'm curious. Why is it important for you to know the lesson? Because that's growth. Mm. And if I don't know the lesson, I need to stay there until the lesson is learned. Mm. And that can take a duration of time. Yeah. And, and maybe that's a reflection of me going back into old habits. And this is a reminder like, hey, you know, this is the thing that you should be paying attention to. And this person has come back here to remind you of that. Yeah. Or this person is here to take you further as a proof point of you having surpassed something and leveling up. And that's awesome, too. Hello, you're listening to the Miss Amanda Chen Show podcast, and this is the season three recap of the Masked Man series. We just finished the third quarter, and it has been an insane three months. I have been all around Mexico, finally back here in Toronto, and this has taken me almost two whole weeks to put together. It has been really emotional just reflecting on everything that's happened, all the people that I've met, and really taking that time to recognize the amount of growth. And I think what's really cool is you can't really see all of that personal development without doing that in the interactions of others. You really need those people to bring that mirror up in front of you for you to see that difference. So I tried this experiment where I asked a lot of the men on my show what they thought of me after interviewing with me because a lot of these people I've never actually met before. And this is our first time having a really high quality, deep, emotional, honest, raw conversation. When I first met you, I felt like you were vibrant. Because, you know, there's some people you speak to and it's like just the way they carry themselves, just the way they speak, you can kind of tell like they know who they are. They own their self. And it's like, if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, then that's your problem. That's what I observed at first. But now just talking to you, I've seen that you're gentle, open-minded, even holding this conversation with you. I realized that, damn, I've really grown. Good, <laughs> yeah. I am today, so... A couple years ago, you wouldn't catch me in a podcast. I talked about it, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes and always thinking about that. But I think talking to you and you bringing up things that I hadn't thought of before and you forced me to actually walk the walk and talk the talk and put myself into someone else's shoes and, and actually explain it made me think about things differently. It's easy to say like, oh, think about it from someone else's point of view. But when you actually do that exercise, it's a fast way to grow your emotional intelligence. I mean, we first met online. I was intrigued by you. I thought I was meeting someone who, who kind of had their shit together and was, was kind of chasing this dream of, of understanding people. After meeting you, I felt like you were someone who knew who you were and you were like super stoked on yourself. And from that, you were able to go out and do interviews like this. You know, for the person that, that is unsure of themselves, chances are they're not going to be able to ask certain questions or be able to put themselves on the line and be like, hey, let's have a candid, intimate conversation. So to me, that's, that, that shows a lot of sign of, of understanding and self-love and acceptance of who you are and what you're doing. First time I saw you, 
you're an interesting being, you're curious being. I don't know, I feel like that's just such a perpetuator of understanding more of the life. So, you know, just hearing a little bit more of your podcast, you know, checking out an episode or two, hearing some of the posts or some of the, your reflections of what you've learned. And I mean, we dove in like, mm-hmm. like a 90 minute conversation the first time we talked. So that depth was always there and that's very attractive to me and it's magnetizing. How has it shifted? I feel like through your questioning or your requests of information and your vulnerability and sharing where you may be and understanding, I feel like I just have a deeper understanding and appreciation of you and once more appreciation of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you give is what you get, right? Ah, yes, <laughs> ma'am. I would say that I learned how much really taking it in, how much I have grown as a person. I don't think people give themselves enough credit from where they started from to where they are. And I'm very proud of the person that I've become because you have my brain going down memory lane. So just thinking about certain circumstances and certain stories that were connected and certain feelings and emotions that were connected to the stories I was sharing. I realized I've, I've grown exponentially. I'm such a different person than what I was freaking even three years ago. And I'm so different now. One thing I realized about the anonymous factor of the Masked Men series is that it actually helped encourage people to be more vulnerable. At first, I just wanted to remove all judgment. I didn't want ego. I didn't want self-promotion. But now I'm realizing that there is a magic to talking to strangers. And I, I love it so much. But I just really enjoyed the fact that it was something that others can appreciate as well. There's this magic to strangers interacting being able to just like have a weird, intense magic moment with someone you've just met. There's something very special, I think, about that. It's funny, I went on a date last week. First date, I cried. I was, you know, we were having a moment. We were talking about uh, having kids and, uh, you know, when my when my daughter was born and a moment that was tough, you know, where she was in danger and I'm doing it now. <laughs> and, you know, it's okay because, you, you know, there's it's a sign of strength to, to express an emotion and then move on and say that this is what happened this is how I feel about it. I don't know. I've always been okay being vulnerable to strangers. It's, it's uh, not so different than your podcast right now. The mm-hmm. whole power of uh, anonymous people that you don't really know is you can kind of say anything to them, you know, and you're just like when you're traveling, you know, you meet them once and you say whatever you want or do some things you wouldn't normally do. And then you, you go home and you don't have to see them. So, I mean, it's definitely easier than crying in front of your friends or talking about daddy or mommy issues with your friends. They're like, oh God, I got to see this guy again later so yeah something about this the power of uh being anonymous and being able to say what you want to say is is cool you know i was actually really surprised at the level of vulnerability i got in this season but once i reflected on it i realized the only way that that happened was because i was truly vulnerable and not only was i vulnerable i had a lot of compassion to give to both myself as well as the people i was interviewing And I think that was the missing piece from the last couple of seasons, that compassion and realizing that you don't have to be in a good place to give compassion to others. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. Do you think that doubt makes your face stronger? Yes, I do. Okay. So that's how I feel in this particular thing. I don't feel like I want to leave and run and be with someone else, but like, are we really going to do this dance? I mean, I think it's a slight word switch, like rather than doubting, because doubting is you're assuming not is this uncertainty, the unknown. So if you're uncertain about the duration of your relationship, you can love that relationship and have faith that, cool, it lasts until tomorrow. Who knows? 
but you're happy. You're living in love during that time. The thing that you said earlier, though, is like you're doubting whether or not this person's the one because you're attracted to other people, or maybe you might be attracted to people in the future. That's a question on your ego on options, because you might not be certain about the future of your relationship, but you got to be certain about your feelings. And if you're not certain about your feelings, then I would say it's unfair to be in that relationship. What's that? You know, when you say it like that, I could say most people or even myself, like put a lot of effort in the certainty of your feelings. Just because you get caught in like the whirlwind of it, you get caught in like the hype or what maybe things are supposed to look like. However, someone takes your words, that is their business entirely. If you choose to process someone else's actions, that's an assumption. That's all ego and pride, right? If someone says no, and you look at them from a place of anger, there's something wrong with you. And I think that's what a lot of us on this planet have to work on. Those moments where negative emotions pop up because we didn't get what we wanted. For me, it's very tough to kind of like realize these things. And it took me a while to be completely vulnerable with myself and with other people. I think a lot of this is in regards to men and like my relationships with other men. I think like society molds us to be these tough guys and not be vulnerable because vulnerability is weak and all that stuff. And that's, mm-hmm. that things that are just instilled in our heads in our entire life. It's definitely a challenge. And I, I even just based off what you just said is I really, th- I already thought about it. I was like, I think I can do better. I kind of being more patient and being like, okay, like let's try this again next week. You know what I mean? Instead of just yeah. being like, oh no, <laughs> like I'm done. Like I'm done. I feel like with men, you have to, especially like whenever you meet a new group of men, you have to kind of get through the, who's the alpha, who's, who's in charge. Like that always happens and I'm realizing in our group there's not even really like an alpha there's not like a one person we're kind of all collectively we all bring different things like I'm the funny guy we all bring very different things and I feel like because we all bring different things and we all know what we bring and we've accepted this is what we bring it's helped us be like ah this is this is my lane I'm gonna stay here you do your lane because that's what works best for you and I know what works best for me and I'm gonna stay here but we're gonna complement each other in certain situations and circumstances I learned at an early age, a lot of times the fastest way of getting things done is to do it on your own, but you can't provide emotional support to yourself, really. Mm-hmm. So it's been, you know, it's been a real challenge for me to let people in to emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have friends and don't get me wrong, but to really kind of be vulnerable and, and open up has been a challenge for, you know, pretty much all of my life. And vulnerability is a great way to connect with people. When you share the pain that you've been through, everyone's felt that same pain at some point and it brings you close together but you felt pain we all have we've all been in peaks and valleys and it's the valleys that make friends you know what i think is really interesting is this concept of pain and how we always seem to be chasing pleasure and avoiding pain but there's a lot of pain in love and yet love is something that we search for yearn for so i think it was an interesting conversation that I had with a lot of these men about their definition of love and how to achieve it, how to give it, how to receive it, how to have it for yourself. And I think a lot of that had to be involved in pain at the end of the day. Realizing that I could not truly understand love without hurt or loss, how I Mm -hmm. couldn't truly understand oneness without seeing division. The way we understand there's always different sides to the the entire whole. I lost my father in 2018 from pancreatic cancer. And in losing my father, I understood other sides of how much I love my father because of his absence. For me, I can't, I can't accept love. 
I'm scared to get a dog because I'd love the dog so much that it would crush me. Like someone's going to pull the rug out from under me. That's me. But yeah, I mean, like it's, it's hard for men to really just show up and just be like, ah, here I am. Snuggle me. Yeah. And I think that goes to the male insecurity. I'm a victim of that too. Like when women chase me, I find I get very uncomfortable because it's almost just like, whoa, like, what do you see in me? That's good enough for you to chase me. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, like I can pursue you because I know who I am. I'm a flawed human being and you are this like perfect thing that I'm going to chase and get after. Whereas when a woman starts to chase you, it's just like, you immediately think like, oh, what's wrong with them? Like, why are they, like, why are they going after me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, and they become uncomfortable because I guess the reality of the relationship becomes so much quicker. Like, I think when a woman makes up their mind and they're ready to commit, it's intimidating for a man who has fleeting emotions, who may not have a, a strong sense of self. You don't get tired of being with the person you love. Also, you can be yourself. You are not afraid of who you are, of the little imperfections. When you date someone who is new, uh, perhaps you want to hide something in your personality, in your past, things like that. When you are in true love, doesn't care. It's like, this is me, this is my past, this is everything. It's like you are open and you are not afraid of the other person hurt you. Because the only love you know is true is the love you give to other person because you are not lying to you. You need to trust to the other person really loves you because there is no way you can find it's true. The love only exists when you are doing do it. A really hot topic that kept trending across a lot of these episodes was the idea of ghosting and whether or not there is a virtue to ghosting versus just that's a terrible thing to do and you should never do it. And I am still on the fence because I kind of am getting a better understanding as to why we're doing this. And a lot of it is just like a fear of rejection so much that it'll silence you versus accepting that rejection and being okay with whatever that outcome is. I've experienced people ghosting. It's like, what? I don't know. Like it's aggressive energy, but it was exhibited in ghosting. And that's a much more positive outlook than a lot of other things you know if you think about the extremes it could be abusive behavior it could be extreme arrogance it could be like emotional abuse or making you feel really small or like pointing out things that are negative about you around a dinner table there's lots of layers to it so I think actually it's kind of like a it's just a shit neutral or like a negative you know when you think about the extremes that could go and the fact that you miss it I think that's actually quite mature even though the experience is like a horrible one to feel I want to stand up for, I think ghosting is good harm reduction sometimes, but it does lead to these like endingless situationships. But I do, I think ghosting sometimes is very good practice, a very good practice. <laughs> Why would you th- say that that's a good practice? Sometimes the most painless way of exiting the other person's life is just to like, you both mutually stop texting each other. Yeah. And I think also if you, if that's only based on like one or two short instances, but if you decided that you were going to commit to some level or there was at least a consistency of a duration of time, mm-hmm. then it would be normal. Like even if you had a relationship with your hairdresser for three weeks, you know, oh, yeah. like you would at least say, Hey, I'm not going to go with you anymore. I'm going to go with yeah, your yeah. hairdresser. Right. You want to put a period on things. You want to have the punctuation in place. Um, <laughs> exactly. And if we miss the punctuation, we end up with all these like floating feelings of like, what if, 
what if that actually is going to pick up again? What if my hairdresser is going to come back? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so mm -hmm. I, I, I would like to reverse my statement. I think ghosting is bad. I think we need the punctuation. I think people that are ghosting, I mean, there's a lack of self-respect for themselves and you're certainly not winning anyone over by doing that. You know, and that's a shitty thing to, to do. And I, I think just a little bit of communication goes so far. We've somehow justified different types of lies. I think lying is one thing because you have to tell the story, then you got to live up to it. And you got to, if you forget it, you got to keep making more lies and that's exhausting and just takes up so much energy. But ghosting, you get away without saying anything. But yeah, like, how dare we silence ourselves? You must be so desperate to want to silence yourself because whatever you want to say is so hard for you to articulate. And with that, let's segue into that conversation of sex and what do we expect, what do we want when it comes to sex? I think we had some really cool conversations about just non-sexuality and what that looks like and how empowering that truly can be. A friend's theory when we're in our twenties, one of my best friends, and he said, men use emotion to get sex and women use sex to get emotion. And I thought about that for, um, I was like, yeah, it's so true. You know, you think again, the biology, especially, you know, it's fascinating now being in my forties, thinking about, you know, like, in your 20s, you're just so young and horny and testosterone's mental, you just want to have sex. It's like, define what sex even means for you. Conversation, like, do clothes need to be off? Does there need to be any penetration? Like, any of those concepts for sure. I think there is something to talk about. Vulnerability of feeling naked, like physically in the body. It puts women in the hands of mercy. They are kind of more vulnerable in the sense that they're more naked. But when you put men into emotional vulnerability with their clothes on, then they are in, in the space of weakness. So I, I appreciate that as there's a lot of men that are scared as hell to be emotionally naked, to mm -hmm. be fully vulnerable, no armor, no masks, you know, shout out to the podcast, <laughs> um, because we don't feel safe. Perhaps as humans, when we're able to be more emotionally naked and vulnerable with each other, you know, how would that then affect the physical? That's interesting to hear that there's a lot of moments that both of us don't want to have sex and both of us are saying yes to it because we're both afraid of rejection. Yes. It's because rejection makes you feel it's an extra thing. I think re re rejection comes with like a couple of emotions packaged in, you know, it's like shame for wanting it and somebody else didn't want it. I think like worthiness. I would rather not know like that she does or does like, do you know what I'm saying? Like then to yeah. deal with all the cascading emotions that I'm going to think about it all day. Why didn't you want to have sex with me this morning? Having sex sober, if you've never had sex sober is terrifying. terrifying. Like so awkward. You're just too aware of everything. And it makes you realize like, wow, I haven't really experienced sex. Cause I was always just not there. Yeah. I struggled really, really bad at first. And even now, like I, I need to trust the other person before mm -hmm. I can I have sex with them. Like there's no random sex for me anymore. Now I like it again. Like I, I, like I know how to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> You're right though. It was like, I completely forgot how to have sex. 
I think we need to direct this attack actually towards male's idea of his own sexuality so that we're not like placing this like did she consent you know like did she give a verbal yes well she gave a verbal yes but she was drunk and she didn't really want to you know there were so many social consequences of her saying no the ability of a man's rejection to result in anger so i think what we need to actually attack the focus this attack on is male sexuality that makes him think he wants to just Fuck everyone. Why does a man have very, very low standards and a woman is viewed as the gatekeeper of sexuality and she's the one to blame if she opens her gate, in a sense, if she opens her legs yeah. to the man. She's the one to blame. Why don't we focus that energy towards men so that he actually honors himself to not let a woman into his temple? Because that idea is so pushed on women. Let's just talk about sex power. So another thing that my brother said when I started to identify as transgender, he's like, are you sure you want to do that? You really want to go from the top of the sex totem pole to the bottom of the sex totem pole? You know, I, I definitely noticed the transition of, of power. I don't want to necessarily say that I had a valid power visibly seen as an Asian female before, because I think that power is also very fetishized and sexualized. It's not real authentic and of value kind of power, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Speaking of sex power and dynamics among genders, I was really reflecting on what the role of masculinity even is anymore. And I got some really contemporary answers, you know, interviewing people from all different walks of life and all different ages and generations and just getting a different idea completely on what masculinity actually means. Definitely the further I am outside of my comfort zone or situations that I typically find myself in, the more clearly I can see these definitions, concepts, and ideas of masculinity that I hold. And to answer your question, like it's most challenged when I when I interact with like transgender individuals, because I feel like in those spaces it's brought up, you know, just the idea of gender and the concepts of masculinity, femininity are most brought into question, most openly talked about, and most challenged for me in these spaces, because then I have to look at myself and the things that I have come to stop questioning or, you know, like just different elements of, of who I am. How I want to change the classic definition of what masculinity is, is teaching men how to correctly handle and then express their emotions. If you can do that, it'll enhance your relationships with your family, your spouse, your kids, your parents. It'll enhance really every part of your life because emotions are everywhere. You deal with emotions when you're driving, when you're eating, when you meet someone for the first time. So I think that's how I would change it. Uh, my definition of masculinity, I think constantly trying to improve yourself and be a protector and provider of people you love. Yeah, so I think we make a bit of a mistake in the very way that we talk about emotional expression is feminized in the sense that men are known to be quite emotionally expressive. It's just emotions that are, on the whole, not particularly positive, you know, anger, violence. <laughs> men are renowned for their ability to be emotionally expressive. The thing that we don't take into account is that some of the caring expression of emotion for men is also tied up in action. So what I would say is a lot of the time, just because men are not that able a lot of the time to verbally articulate 
their emotions, it doesn't mean that they're not emotionally expressive. You don't need to be empowered. You just need to let go of the veils and the masks that hold down the natural instinct to find your deepest motivation inside for which you are willing to die. That is the satisfaction of the masculine expression. He talks about what is there to live for, what is there to die for. And I kind of landed on a, it having to do with empowering a community. And I think that what you're doing is empowering community by, by lifting individuals up and leading them to insights through conversation. So you facilitated this very well and a lot has been insightful. One of which being probably that, you know, like <laughs> the insight of pointing in the direction to think more about what I would die for and what that means and the value that I place, why I value doing the things that I do is not inherently for the joy in doing them. Because I mean, it is, but to think deeper about what that does in the environment around me. And that's our wrap. Yeah, that was a hot question too. What would you die for in comparison to what would you spend your life living for? And that is it for season three, the liberation and dialogue. I think we definitely freed ourselves in our expression of what we believe in, our values, our thoughts, our perspectives. And moving forward into season four, I don't know what I'm going to do for the last season, but I feel like there needs to be some more action. So I think I'm going to be finding some men that are willing and able to choose to change how they've been acting and actually pursue something different, do something differently and see what that change can manifest itself into. So if you are somebody that wants to try to choose to change, do something different, you know what to do. Slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram and I'll see you next Wednesday with some new episodes of The 100 Masked Men.